God is, you know, meant to meant to be a part of our our everyday life. That, that it's relevant. That that the things that God talks about in there are for today. Uh, they're not just stories, but they affect the way we live and and how how um, our lives are affected. So um, we are finishing up today our series. I'm not going to show the Ferrari video. Most of you have seen it, many, uh, you know, enough times. Well, it goes something like this. Wow, it's unbelievable. This is some piece of machine. You know, you've seen the video. So not going to reenact, but um, if you'd like, just Google Ferrari 458 Italia, and you can just watch till you, you know, till tomorrow. There's lots of good uh, videos about that. But this morning, we have other ones we'll show you a little bit later. But we've been talking on a series. Uh, it's called Rating Your Dating While Waiting for Mating. Uh, and it's by a, the, the book is by a gentleman by the name of Ed Young. A lot of uh, the uh, ideas came from there. But we've been talking about um, how to rate the way that you date so you pick the right mate. Uh, for those of you who are married and thinking, oh man, I wish I had known this. I had somebody come up to me a couple of weeks ago and said, I wish you had told me this stuff 30 years ago when I was four, you know, then uh, I, I'm, they said, I would never marry the person I married. I'm like, don't tell them that. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I want to help spare some uh, of our young people or some of you who are single just in, in, in giving you some of the tools on how to do it. So often the church is just known for saying, don't do this, don't do that. Uh, that's not really the point of this morning. The point of this whole series has been to say, here's some tools on how to do it right. Uh, one of the things that we've talked about is realizing that you are a Ferrari. And if you were a car, that's what you would be. You are unique, one-of-a-kind, valuable, incredible, impressive. Are you believing that about yourself yet? Yeah. Just look at your neighbor and tell them, I'm a Ferrari. I didn't see, I didn't see everybody do that, actually. I, I'm going to give you one more chance. All right? Just look at the person next to you and tell them, I'm a Ferrari. Yeah. You don't know who you're sitting beside. Okay, okay, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm a Ferrari only takes about three seconds to say. What, what else were you saying? <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Good, we've had a lot of fun with this. Uh, definitely, there's a lot of you have been asking about, you know, hey, can I get some of the other stuff? I know somebody who needs, I have a friend who could really use it. You're worth even way more than that. Thank you. Who brought this? Is this for me? I'm keeping it. Oh, love this place. You know, you guys just know, you know my love language. That's awesome. Um, there is going to be, if you'd like to get the whole series, we'll send, uh, we'll send this around. You can sign up in faith. Well, there actually, there's no pen, but we'll send it around. If you'd like to, you can sign up. If you'd like to get a hold of the CDs as well, this will be one of the first series we put on our website. If you didn't know we have a website, we have one. It's kingswaychurch.ca. You can check it out there. Anyways, enough of all of that. Let's, uh, let's get right into some of the good stuff because I don't want Henry banging on the floor downstairs telling me time's up. So uh, one of the things that, that we've talked about often is that the statistics right now tell us that, that uh, we're not doing a very good job at this thing called spouse selection. We're not picking the right, the right mate very well. According to a recent study, marriage is the number one reason for divorce. Yeah. And of those marriages, 50% of them, we learned, 50% of first-time marriages end up wrecked. 
72% the second time around, trying it over, doing the do-over, 72% of those crash and burn in our country. And they say, well, hey, you know, I'm a slow learner. I'm going to try this again. And they say, I'm going to get married the third time and try and do it the same way as we did the other times. 85% of those marriages fail. We had a couple here. They've been married. They're on their third uh, try. And they came up and said to me, how come you didn't tell us this in marriage counseling? Uh, because I knew they were going to make it. They're the 15%. But if, if you do it differently, it, it will make it. But if we do things the way we've always been doing them, these are the results that we're getting. Then we talked about the Bible. And i got to show it here because mine got stolen. But the Bible is on this iPhone. It's, it's a recall notice saying, hey, there's some defective dating that's going on. And, you know, I just want to, the, the Word of God comes out and says, hey, these are some defective parts in the way you're doing dating. Here's how you can do it right. The Bible is the manual for the Ferrari. Your gift, the Ferrari, the life that God gave you, the Word of God is the manual for that. And we talked about that. We're crazy if there's a, if you get a recall notice on something and you don't do anything about it. That would be crazy. You could hurt yourself and others, and you probably will. So we, just a quick recap, we talked about a bunch of defective dating habits in the uh, last three sessions. Number one was the mystery driver mentality, where defective daters fail to check out who's driving the other car. Number two, the joyride mentality. They fail to wait until they have a license to date. Number three, the showroom mentality, where they just check out features, and they don't get the whole essence of the person that they're deciding to spend the rest of their life with. We talked about the junk in the trunk mentality. That woman you're so interested in has got some baggage. You better check that out before you decide to spend the rest of your life with them. The what warning mentality, where they ignore the warning lights that are on the dashboard going, something's wrong with this engine. And they're like, put a little tape over it, cover it up. You know, I don't want to see those. We do that in our dating relationships. The what sign mentality. Where it's like, hey, slow down. There's some dangerous curves ahead. You don't want to get yourself stuck in that stuff. Stop! In our dating relationships, some people just blow right through those stop signs and they don't actually think about some of those things. So we want to talk about those people like, man, I, I don't know what any of those are. Get the CDs uh, or, or check it out online. Number seven. We're at seven in the top ten. We're going to make it today. Yes, we... Wow! We're going to make it today. Time to get into high gear. Defective daters, number seven, they listen to some messed up music. Defective daters listen to messed up music. You ever see those guys who have those import cars and they want you to hear them coming like a mile before you get there? Yeah, they got that huge system in the trunk, Brody. <clears throat> um, <laughs> I, 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 I used to be one of those guys. I had my sweet little green Civic with the cool rims, the dark tin. I had street glow. I, I had it all. I had the big su subwoofer in the back till it got stolen. And you know what? I would drive around thinking I was so cool. I was always alone, which should have told me something, but I thought I was cool. And I'm, and I'm driving around, and I always had to have something on to show just how amazing it was. And it was usually, you know, some dance music or whatever. It didn't matter the song as long as... As long as it was loud. Y'all ready for this? That, that, that was 
me. But the, 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 the long time ago. But the problem is that, that Okay, I still do that in the man van every once in a while just for fun. But the, the, the problem is that we listen to this messed up music with these weird lyrics and we believe that those lyrics are true. You see, yeah. right? Wait. Oh, wait, wait. This is Simon Bell music. Odometer song. Time is ticking away. You know, for women, some of you are listening to these kind of songs in your dating relationships. Your biological clock is ticking. Tick, tock, tick, tock. Time is ticking away. Oh no. You know, ha, I'm like 19. I gotta find somebody. You know, you start start seeing that all your friends, they're, they're getting married and they're living happily ever after. And you're like, I want that. So you start reading all the magazines and every magazine is about weddings and the big day and this dress and this is what they wore. This is what this person wore. Here's this, the big ring. You're like, wow. You know, other people come when they tell you their engagement stories. You're like, someday. You get up at 4 a.m. You watch Kate and William get married because you're living vicariously through them. You're like, what's wrong with me? Why, why am I still single? And then all of a sudden something clicks on the inside and you switch to hunter mode. And you're like, you're going to go find a man. You're like, I must be in the wrong places. So you start going to other places and you start deciding, you know what? I'm going to go, I'm going to go put some other bait out there. And we talked about that last time. And you start saying, man, I'm going to find a guy no matter what it takes. And when that doesn't work, you go into settle mode. And you're like, hmm, yeah, he's a guy. Two legs, heartbeat. I do. And then you get into marriage and you're like, oh man, I shouldn't have done this. But why? Because there's this thing around our culture that, that really wants to, to, to put this pressure on people that, there's, that, that, that the time, you're running out of time. Guys are the same way. It's just a little bit different. They start thinking about, man, you know, I'm getting up there. I want to be able to play catch with my son. I don't want to be 60 with a 10-year-old. Uh, I probably better start looking. You know, I, I kind of I want somebody I can take to the hockey games. You know, and, the, and, and, and then the guys will start doing things like this. They'll start ignoring the warning lights. They'll start ignoring the baggage in the trunk because they think, you know what? What if this is the last possible chance? And they settle. Defective daters do this kind of stuff. You might not have done any of the others, and you get to this place, and you're, you're, you're in that spot. You know there's things with your dating relationship that, you know, it's not quite there, but might be the last time. You know, I think there's a new disease in our culture called singlenessitis. Singlenessitis. I invented it. But if you're, it's, it's people who think that if they're single, there's something wrong with them. They, they, they can't just be happily single. No, they got to be happily looking for somebody. They, they can't just enjoy the, the fact that they've got an opportunity that they will never have again once they say, I do. Or they shouldn't. It's a chance to be single. They think life won't have any meaning until I say, I do. And you know what? We as adults, we do not help the situation for our young people at all. People asking, so, do you have a boyfriend yet? You're like, 24. You don't have a boyfriend yet? Let me just tell you, you never have to ask a girl that question. You just see a girl and she'll be like, <laughs> don't you want to ask me something? Don't you wonder why I'm so happy? 
you'll know. You'll know. They'll come out and tell you, like, you know, you're at the grocery store. Hey, how you doing? Oh, good. Did you know I have a boyfriend? Oh, oh, really? It'll be the first thing they tell you. So we add undue pressure on them sometimes just by asking. Saying things like, you know, you're kind of getting older, you know. They know. <laughs> this is my favorite one. You're going to be a dusty old uterus, you know, if you wait much longer. <laughs> they don't really mean it, but I heard it. Serious, heard it. Then we play matchmaker because we figure they sure don't have a sweet clue about what they're doing. And I got married. I know how to do this and I can do it for them. If you're a 50-year-old woman picking a spouse for somebody who's 25, they probably don't want that person. Just saying. Your interests are different. Well, how about so-and-so? He's such a nice boy. Yeah, that's like I said. It's probably different. They listen to messed up music. They listen up to, to, to the mechanic songs. not actually saying that it's, you can leave it playing, I'm not actually saying that it's this song specifically. Jump past with me to say that it's talking about, talking about these kind of lyrics. Tears stream down your face. You're too in love to let it go, but if you never try, you'll never know just what you're worth. I promise you, I'll learn from my mistakes and I'll try to fix you. There's so many defective daters who listen to this tune in their head and believe it to be true that someone out there will fix them. That they're broken and they think that someone else is going to fix their issues. Well, you don't understand. I feel so much better when I'm around them. You know, they, they, they're going to be my better half. And I'm not whole without them. Or we think we're the other side. We get into rescue mentality. Oh, I'm going to fix that person. You know, I'm going to, I won't be like all their other relationships. I'm the man. You know, she's got all kinds of issues, but I can handle it. I can fix her. And it's messed up because no person can fix another person. We're not designed to. You get those expectations on somebody to fix you, it, it, it creates incredible difficulty after you get married. The problem is believing that kind of stuff believing that the other person is going to fill that emptiness inside of you. It doesn't work. That's like two glasses of water and I don't have them, but just picture one glass and here, here's the other one. They're both half full of water. And then all of a sudden there's this one person saying, you know, I'm broken, I'm half empty. I need you to fill me. Ha <laughs> oh, I'm full. And this person is like, oh, I'm so empty. I have this huge void in my life. You know, I need you to fill me. Ha <laughs> I'm happy. And, oh, but now I'm so sad. You know, I need, and, and this, this expectation back and forth that they're always, and you know what? When the person can't live up to that expectation, now all of a sudden you have disappointment. Now all of a sudden it starts putting a wedge in between you. God's design is that you would come to that place where he fixes you, where he completes you, where you're a person so full of his love, all you get to do is share it with somebody else that you're not needy because you got what you need and you get to share it with someone else as opposed to having them complete you, not expecting the other person to meet my needs. It's messed up music. Some of you believe it to be true. Third, cloud music. Oh, life could be a dream. 
If I could take you up in paradise up above If you would tell me I'm the only one that you love Life could be a dream Life could be a dream You know, once I get married, it's going to just be a dream Everything's going to be perfect uh, you know, for some of you who are a little younger, or a lot younger, you're like, what the heck is that? That's music. <laughs> but you know, you listen to like, Katy Perry, her teenage dream. Here's some lyrics for you. Let's go all the way tonight. No regrets, just love. You and I will be young forever. <laughs> yeah, okay. Let's run away. Don't ever look back. I finally found you, my missing puzzle piece. Oh, so sweet. I'm complete. You make me feel like I'm living a teenage dream. Because we have this dream that this person's going to complete us. It's going to be so amazing. We'll be young forever. Once I get married, it's going to be dreamy. It's going to be steamy. It's going to be so amazing. For the rest of my life, we're going to have any more problems. And all the married people say amen, because yes, that is true. <laughs> what? It's not, it's exactly what it's not like. Let me just say. But it seems like so many singles feel like they're missing out on something and they're not just happy being single. Did you realize that 91% of you singles are going to get married? But not all of you are, and that's okay. You don't have to. But the other thing is saying, if 90% of the chances that you're going to get married, why not just enjoy life until it happens? There's some things that you can do that can't happen then. Philippians 4 verse 12, it says this, I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. I have learned so some of you might be this process where you're going to have to learn to be content. And then 1 Corinthians 7, verse 7, I love this. The Bible's like so straight up. It's, it's awesome. Paul says this to the Corinthian church. He says, I wish everyone was single just as I am. I wish everyone was single. Well, everybody here is like, I wish I was married. And I'm like thinking, what, Paul? Like, are you crazy? Seriously, what do you mean by that? He goes on, just to clarify, he says great things like this. 1 Corinthians 7, 28, he says this, if you get married, it's not a sin. Well, that, that's good for a lot of us. Uh, then he says, however, those who get married at this time will have trouble. He's just telling you. And I'm trying to spare you those problems. If you get married, you're going to have trouble. And I don't want you to have that. Um, Mark Gunger said this way, a great marriage is the closest thing to heaven on this planet. When you can just share friendship, be known, know somebody else, and, and, and be in that kind of love, it's, it's amazing. But he said the opposite is also, he says a bad marriage is probably the closest thing to, well, you know what? And it's true. I watch people go through hell when their marriages are not working right. 732, it says an unmarried man can spend his time doing the Lord's work and thinking about how to please him. 735, it says I'm saying this for your benefit not to place restrictions on you or want it to do to whatever will help you serve the Lord better. If you're single, you got the greatest opportunity right now to serve God with all your heart. And guess what? You serve Him. You start finding ways to live for Him. You'll find the right kind of person because they'll be there too. Do the things now that you might not be able to do once you get married. Go on a missions trip. Study the stuff that we're talking about so you know how to choose. Get counseling. Get some godly advice uh, in your life on, on issues that are going on in your life so that, that you can get fixed before you get married in like the spiritual way. Then get involved in serving others. Because marriage is all about serving others. We have so many self-centered, selfish people getting married to another self-centered, selfish person. There's a whole lot of self-centered, selfish sinning going on. Then they have a few kids. They all are self-centered, selfish sinners. And you got all that mixed into one house. You got a whole lot of self-centered sinning going on. It's a big, big mess. 
Preach it, Charlie. Preach it. <laughs> Take this time to discover the gifts and talents that God's put in your life. Number eight, defective daters do one of these crazy things. They go off-roading. We talked about this briefly last week. Our last time, but you know, it's crazy. They decide to take this Ferrari, this $329,000 plus tax, uh, and take that thing off road. The Ferrari that just cruises down the road and looks amazing, they decide to take it through the ditch. And I've seen this so many times. You grow up and young people go to choir of the fire. I'm so excited to serve God. And they really mean it. They want to live for God. Going to church. Yeah, God, I'm all about that. You know, being a part of youth group. Yeah, God, I'm all about that. Mission trip. Yeah, God, I'm all about that. I want you to date like this. <laughs> Hold on. All right, Jesus, I'm taking the wheel. I want to drive. You go out there. You put up some ramps because I'm jumping off this road. I don't want to do it your way. I want to drive. Let me ask you something. What if you saw five speed limit signs out here that said speed limit 80, speed limit 80, speed limit 80, speed limit 80, speed limit 80. What would you concur from all of that? Somebody wants you to drive 80. And smart people would go, hmm, I think there's probably people who have tested this road and they know how fast a car should go down this road. But guess what? We often think things like this. (laughs) Those signs are for other people. And we see, how fast can I go through this? The Bible talks about it all over the place saying, hey, this is what I want for your sex life. This is what I want for your sex life. This is what I want for your sex life. He talks about things like this. The speed limit saying adultery, don't do it. Adultery, sleeping with somebody after you got married. It says fornication, don't do that either. That's like sleeping with somebody um, before you get married, even if you're engaged to them. He says, don't do that stuff. And then he mentions another thing called sexual immorality. And I want to talk a little bit about that this morning. The Bible talks about it numerous times, saying, hey, stay away from sexual immorality. Uh, What is that? Sexual immorality is everything that leads up before the actual act of sex. It's in there somewhere. 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 3 to 5 says this. It's God's will. I wonder what God's will is for my sex life. Well, it's right here. It's I knew it was going to get really quiet when I started talking about this. I I knew. It's okay. It's God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality. Steer clear of it. He says that each of you would learn how to control your body. Learn how to control this Ferrari in a way that's holy and honorable, not in passionate lust like the pagans who do not know God. It says God's will for your sexuality is this. Avoid sexual immorality. Learn how to control your body. And it says it's, 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 let me, let me, well, I don't know if we need to dismiss any children for this next part, but I'll give you 30 seconds to do that. First gear. Let me give you three gears. Yeah, cover, cover Daryl's ears. First gear. To second gear. To third gear. First gear, cuddling. Oh, kissy, kissy. Oh, we're so, we, we just love each other so much. You know, it's just, it's just nice holding hands. It's all good. First gear. First gear, cool. People often then say, ah, let's get to second gear. That involves a lot of caressing and touching things, you know, over the clothes. Clothes are still on, but there's a lot more going on. the passionate kissing gear. 
It's getting revved up. The problem with second gear is that it's really easy to go from second gear to third gear. And third gear, that's the climax gear. That's doing everything right up to the point of climax before sexual intercourse. And vroom, vroom, vroom. And, and, and you know what? I get it. We got hormones in our bodies that say, whoa, that's where I want to go. That's, you know, that's how it goes. First gear, second gear, third gear. But the Bible's saying avoid sexual immorality. Stay in first gear. Stay in first gear. But why? Why would God rain on my sexual parade? Why? I have, you know, it's, it's interesting. I have the young people and the, and the singles in our church. Some of them, they come up to me and they, they say this, you know, Mark, uh, you know, thank you so much for putting this so clear and defined for me. You know, you're a master of understanding the word of God. I'm just so thankful that you put these guidelines in my life. Yeah, yeah, they never say that. I, I know. I, they never, what's wrong with this generation? They never say that. They also get huffy and they're like, well, those signs are for other people. And you don't understand. I can handle this. But you know what? God's a genius. He's a genius. He's not saying, don't have sex, don't have sex, don't have sex, don't have sex. He's saying, keep sex sexy. Sex is one of the most amazing things. It's an awesome part of life. I love it. It's, uh, it's, what, it's something that, and you know what? It's good to say that because that's what he wanted it to be. But for so many people, it's so full of hurt and stuff because they don't understand this. They think, you know, I can handle it. But what ends up happening is when you hook up before marriage, you end up hooking up with the wrong person more times than not after in, in choosing to marry somebody. You know, look at the stats on adultery these days. It's crazy how many people cheat. How many people cheat on their spouses? It's ridiculous. And you know, I think it's because part of it goes back to this. It's all these people who decide in their dating relationships, they're going to go off-roading. They're going to go, you know, have sex with as many people as they can. And, and then at some point they think that, you know, once they get married, then they're going to commit to that one person. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I mean, seriously, this is the funniest point in the whole series, and none of you are laughing. Let me just tell you again. They think that they can go sleep with everybody out there and then they're going to commit and they're going to be faithful to you. Isn't that hilarious? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. It's hilarious. And yet, it happens all the time. So maybe you're here saying, you know what? My virginity, it's kind of past tense. You know, I, I kind of did all these things that you're talking about. What do I do now? I tell you, God's an amazing God of grace and forgiveness. He can restore. He can fix. He can heal the, the things on the inside of you. He can give you these tools to say, you know what, from this point on, I'm going to do it His way. And you'll still can end up having a marriage. That's amazing. I've seen it happen time and time again. But the consequences don't go away. You just have a little bit extra junk in your trunk now. More baggage to deal with. 35,000 people a day contract an STD. There's a lot more people who have this STD, stupid thinking disorder. Some of you are real sly. You're like, whoa, whoa, I just, that was awesome. That's the best point of this whole message. God can fix it. So I'm just going to go off-roading. I, you know, I'll just go do it all, and then I'll come back and be like, hey, God, you know, how about that maintenance checkup? You know, I need to be fixed up here because I want to have an awesome marriage. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. 1 Corinthians 6, 18, verse 19, it says this, Run! from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. Sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Don't 
do you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You don't belong to yourself anymore. Anybody ever watch those old movies, Monty Python, where all these guys dressed up as knights and with coconuts? And they, and they, they run up to this, this killer rabbit and they look and they're like, wow, that guy doesn't look too serious. Let's attack! And they all run in and all of a sudden the rabbit starts just decimating everybody. Like, oh, run away! Run away! And they all run away. God's saying the same thing for you. You get in that place and you're in first gear and all of a sudden you want to go into second gear. Run away! Run away! He does it in the Bible. He shows you Joseph. Joseph has this hot woman trying to pick him up and say, hey, come on, let's go to bed. He's like, no thanks, and takes off. Run away! He's like, come on, man. I want the moves like Jagger, not the moves like Joseph. (laughs) Run away! Let me just tell you this, girl, women, you're out there and you're in first gear. You're like, oh, this guy's so nice. And you start kissing, cuddling, and all of a sudden you realize he's going to second gear, and all of a sudden he's like, whoa, stop, boom, slam, and he leaves. That's a really good sign that he's a keeper. Some of you, yes, amen. That should be said again. If he bolts and runs for the door after he kisses you, that's a good sign. Yeah. Oh, I never thought about it that way before. Number nine, I'm going to go real quick. Defective daters, they take this whole, they take this whole driving analogy way too far. They test drive the car, and they do it in a really unique way. They borrow the Ferrari. It'd be like this. You go to the dealership and say, hey, I want to borrow that Ferrari, test drive it for like six months or for like two years. And they go off-roading. They bang it into every guardrail out there. They bring it back. It's full of door dings. And they're like, yeah. I don't like it much. I would like a newer model, please. Let's join a, um, a little wedding in progress here. A test drive ceremony, if you will. to me, Chad, do you take Jamie to be your wife, to have and to hold from this day forward, for better or for worse, for richer or for poorer, in sickness and in health, you promise to be faithful to this woman as long as you both shall live? I don't know, maybe. <laughs> Let's, uh, let, let me just review. Chad, this is a yes or no question, and I'm asking you before your loved ones, do you commit to marry this woman? We just wanted to live together. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I knew that. I, you, you guys told me that a while back. I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry. I, I thought that you were going with the God version of relationships, and, and I forgot that you guys weren't ready for that big of a commitment. You just wanted to live together. We do have a ceremony for you, and it goes just like this. Well, Chad and Jamie, you've chosen the vows of cohabitation. So, Chad, if you would do the honor of looking into your partner's eyes and with every bit of truth that you can muster up, would you repeat after me? I, Chad. I, Chad. Take you, Jamie. Take you, Jamie. To be my cohabitant. To be my cohabitant. To have sex with you. To have sex with you. And to hold you responsible for half the bills. And to hold you responsible for half the bills. To love. To love. And to take advantage of and you. And take advantage of you. From this day forward. From this day forward. Or for as long as our arrangement works out. Or as long as our arrangement works out. I will be. I will be. More or less faithful to you. More or less faithful to you. As long as my needs are met. As long as my needs are met. And if nothing better comes along. And if nothing better comes along. 
If we should break up, if we should break up, it does not mean this wasn't special to me. It doesn't mean this wasn't special to me. Because I love you. Because I love you. Almost as much as I love myself. Almost as much as I love myself. I commit to live with you. I commit to live with you. For as long as it works out. As long as this works out. So help me, me. 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 In the name of sex. In the name of sex. Options. Options. And selfishness. And selfishness. Amen. Well, Chad and Jamie, I want to be the first to congratulate you both. You are now officially living together. I sincerely wish you the very best, and I hope that this does work out. And now, Chad, you may do the honor. You may, well, you guys know what to do. Interesting take on it. Defective daters, they decide to play house before they get married. 70% of all women who uh, cohabitate, they got marriage on their mind. 30% are in denial. They got marriage on their mind. She thinks that she can manipulate him. You know, maybe, you know, if we move in together, oh, then he'll love it so much. He'll love me so much, then he'll want to marry me. It's about the sex. No, no, it's not about the sex. Honestly, it's about intimacy, friendship, and fellowship. I like to tell you, if he wanted friendship and fellowship, he would have got a dog. He's with you he's with you for 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 other reasons say well no you don't understand let me give you some homework you know maybe if you're thinking about that go home and just tell him hey maybe you're dating living together whatever you honey i was just thinking we're not going to have sex for the next three months and watch to see if his ferrari just bolts out the driveway fishtailing as he goes why because so many of these things that we do as we play house, we cohabitate, it's the best for the guy. The guy gets everything, free sex, no commitments. He's got shared bills. He doesn't have to really commit, really be there for life, really be there for death till his part. I understand why people do it. I get why people decide that they want to live together first. You know, maybe you come from a broken home. Maybe it's for financial reasons that you're saying, hey, this is why we're doing this. I'm telling you that I know there's lots of reasons for it, but I also want to tell you this, it doesn't work. The statistics say that the percentage goes up way up, that your marriage will not last if you decide to play house, to test drive the vehicle beforehand. You're saying, well, why would you tell me this? You know, maybe, maybe you find yourself in that place. I want to challenge you this morning to say, hey, let's really take a look at this. Where are we with where God is at? Maybe you find yourself there this morning because, hey, this is sort of where, where, where you're at when you found God. That's okay. But I want to challenge you to think through these things and say, hey, where do I want my future to be? And the very last thing, and I'm, it's it, defective daters, number 10, they don't do before they say, I do. I say, what do you mean by that? James 1.22 says, be a doer of the word, not just a hearer only. You deceive yourself, it says. You know, I'd be the greatest shame to have gone through this whole series to learn all of these things, to learn what God's Word says about it all and then not do it. Defective daters don't do. So it says this. It's like, you know, have you ever tried to fly a kite without a string? You know, you throw the kite up in the air and what happens? It just crashes. Why? Because it's that string. It's that that resistance that helps to keep that kite in the air. It's the guardrails. It's the lines on the road that keep that Ferrari cruising so smooth. When we talk about all these things, um, with, with dating and relationships and marriage, all that stuff is to say these are the things that will help your marriage rock and be amazing. I believe that we can see a generation of people 
raised up who are going to have amazing marriages and amazing dating relationships. I believe we can raise up kids who are going to honor God and, and bring hope and change to this world. I want to challenge you as parents and as, as uh, adults in this place to get a hold of some of these things so you know what to tell your kids and grandkids as they're growing up and trying to navigate this difficult piece of road in life. I've done my best over the last four sessions to give you the tools to rate the way you date. We're not saying don't do this. These are the rules of Kingsway or anything like that. We're saying, hey, this is just for you. These are tools in how to do it. We'd love to be along with you for the ride. If you, if you want help, if you want any of those kind of things, we definitely want to be a part of that as a family saying, let's do this right. How many of you would rather be happily married than miserably married? Quick, look, see if your spouse has got their hand up. <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> he's afraid to check I, I'm sure she'd be yeah but let's do it God's way we've given you 10 thoughts to think about let's do it God's way let's pray God thank you for your word again thank you for the truth that's in there some of it's hard to take sometimes Lord and we find ourselves in, maybe in the ditch or in places we don't want to be but God I thank you that you are God that you can put lives back on the road, that you can put uh, marriages back on the road, that even where people have given up hope, there can still be a chance, God, that you could bring restoration. So we believe for that this morning, for, for our future, for our young people who are, who are entering this stage of life. God, I just pray that you would give wisdom this morning to each person. There's a lot that's been said, and I, I, Father, I pray that you give wisdom to each individual for how it applies to their life. God, I thank you that we'd be a people of, of just grace and acceptance and forgiveness as we, uh, uh, as we treat each other and just be people who would encourage one another to, to look for your best for their lives. Lord, thank you so much for, for giving us these gifts. May we use them for the, the way they were intended. And God, that our lives would be everything you want them to be. Thank you for that. God, I pray your blessing, protection over these amazing people as they head out to life and live for you this week. Uh, it's in your name we pray. Amen. Question. Sure, we can throw that on as you guys are heading out. We've got a little... The boxes are at the back. Linda will be at the back there to make sure you don't forget to grab a box. Go be a blessing this week. we got one clip just to watch as you're heading out. Have an amazing, amazing week.